Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Decoding the Unknown. In this episode, we're looking at Tammy Lynn Leopard from Scarface Actress to Gone Without a Trace. It's going to surprise nobody, regular viewers of this channel, listeners of this podcast. I've not seen Scarface. I just haven't seen that many movies, apparently. I've seen, like, lots of movies, but I've watched, like, the ones I like over and over again because I'm just not very creative or, uh... I don't know what the reason for that is, to be honest. Let's just jump in, shall we? The format of the show, if you're new here, is I've never read this before. It's by Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, we're going to read it. We're going to explore it together. It's going to be, hopefully, a lot of fun. I mean, if you think it's fun that someone just drops off the face of the earth and possibly was murdered. Let's, let's, let's see. <laughs> One of the most common dream jobs for children is the dream of being an actor. Yeah, it sure was for me. I mean, ironically enough, I wanted to be a TV presenter <laughs> when I was a kid. And it's like, that's not something you could do. Go get a proper job. And now, ironically, I guess I'm the sort of modern version of that sort of thing. My nan didn't understand YouTube and she did think I was a TV presenter. <laughs> it's like, what do you do again? It's like, I present things. I present videos. Like a TV. Yeah, sure, grandma, like a TV presenter, except on the internet and uh, just a little bit worse <laughs> even more common is the dream of being a teacher but that's because children were polled when they were too young to realize just how much they hate going to school and how little teachers are actually paid uh, both my uh, my sister and my brother-in-law are teachers and uh i think they rather like it Unless, of course, you get a job teaching at a big university, and then you'll probably be fine. No, they teach at a secondary school. Acting is such a common dream job that more than 1 in 20 children hope to become an actor when they grow up. Honestly, I'm surprised the number is that low, but it's probably for the best. More than 1 in 20 kids may dream about becoming a big-name actor, but nowhere near that many people ever have a shot. Yeah, the reality is, like, I think kids more dream of becoming a movie star rather than being an actor. Because the problem is, like, if you're just an actor, then you've probably got, like, even if you're successful, you probably just got like a few episodes on a reasonably successful or not even that successful regional TV show or something like that. It's probably not going to be that brilliant. So, uh, yeah. It's just so pessimistic. Only 2% of actors make enough money at it to earn a living. No! And that only counts those that are actually getting jobs, not aspiring actors who can't even land a part in an off-off-off-Broadway production of Urban Cowboy. But hey, if you're that desperate for attention, you can always join an improv troupe where the bar for entertainment is so low that the sympathetic audience will be thrilled if even 30% of the show is amusing. Well, honestly, that's the point. <laughs> I like improv. <laughs> the point is, it's on the spot. If 30% amusing, that's really good because this is comedy that people are coming up with on the spot. That's what's so impressive about it. I don't know, I, I enjoy improv comedy. I like how it's uh, immediate. Or if improv isn't your thing, you can just live vicariously through your children and push them into acting and modeling. <laughs> I'm not saying that's what happened with the subject of today's episode, as she was always reported to love and dream of acting. Then again, children are easily brainwashed thanks to being highly impressionable, easily manipulated, and just generally stupid. So there's always the chance that dream was put into her head by someone else, and all she ever really wanted was to be a nurse. But I'm getting ahead of myself, so it's time to begin our tale of intrigue with one of the most dangerous and oxymoronic phrases in the English language, child beauty queen. Oh god, I hate this. This is so cringe. It's disturbing and cringe. Like the child beauty pageants, it's like, 
what are we doing? <laughs> what? And by we, I mean you Americans. What are you doing? Stop it. Get some help. And I'm sure the UK... You know, I'm not so sure the UK has this. I think we'd just find it a bit weird. And if you do this, it's weird. I mean, not the children. They're forced into it. But if you're a parent and thinking about doing that, don't do that. It's weird. I don't know. I also think about, like, pushing my kids into stuff. But it's not stuff that... It's generally not stuff that I want. Sorry, I'm just opening a Coke. Professional Simon. It's not stuff that generally I missed out on doing. Normally, it's stuff that I really enjoyed doing as a kid. And I'm like, you'll probably like this too, because half of you is me. And also because my wife is married to me, she has like similar opinions and thoughts to me. And she's like, yeah, I'd also like them to do that. Like, I really love theatre. And I'm like, maybe you'd enjoy theatre. And I'd be like, yeah, I'd push her into drama club or drama class or whatever, because I love the shit out of that. Like, I want, my, I want to push my kids to do fun things, but I also don't want to be that parent who's like, go and do this! Fulfill my unfulfilled dreams. I really appreciate my parents never did that to me. They were just like, do whatever you want. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> They're probably really worried for a while, but then it all turns out okay. Early life. I don't know if there's ever been a story that included the phrase child beauty queen that didn't somehow end horribly. And this is certainly no exception. Tammy Lynn Leopard was born on February the 5th, 1965 in Rockledge, Florida. Every source I can find describes her to be an uncommonly beautiful child because that's apparently a normal phrase in the country that has child beauty pageants. I've got no problem saying that a kid is beautiful. It's like, oh, that kid's cute or beautiful. That's not weird. But when you start ranking them for their beauty and putting them in makeup and dresses, then it gets weird. To say it's a beautiful kid is like, your kid is beautiful. That's fine. <laughs> now let's put some makeup on them, get them in a dress. Any, you'd be like, stop it, you weirdo. <laughs> Any other thing. It'd be like, don't be weird. That seems a bit weird. Don't be a pee. Can I say it? How far are we in? Six minutes. We're good. <laughs> YouTube introduced this new rule where you can't say any dodgy words in the first few minutes or it's going to get monetarily restricted and age restricted. So, yeah. In fact, maybe whoever's editing this, just bleep out that and we'll use the P word from now on um, because I, I'd like to make money off my videos. I know it's stupid, but it's the world we live in. Tammy began competing in these pageants at the age of four and she was great at them. She competed in just over 300 beauty pageants in her life and she won 280 of them. I mean... No matter what I think of them, that is pretty impressive. While we can question the decisions of parents who subject their child to these things, she seemed to have an overall good and privileged life. Her parents divorced when she was seven, which was much more stigmatized in the 1970s, but otherwise everything seemed great. Tammy and her mother, Linda, were close, which is probably to be expected when you grow up in a single parent home. I imagine that's even more true when you're a child beauty queen and your mother happens to be an acting and modeling agent. Coincidentally, as Tammy grew up, she realized that she wanted to be a model and then an actress. Oh my god, what? she did i wonder where she got that big idea sarcasm aside it seems that uh, regardless of whether linda had gently coaxed her child in this direction or not tammy genuinely loved what she was doing not only was she absolutely dominating the creepy pageant scene but tammy quickly was able to transition to being a successful model in october of 1978 she appeared on the cover of covergirl magazine this is a major publication targeting women ages 18 to 45 and at just 13 years old tammy was already modeling on the cover but while she may have enjoyed pageants and modeling acting was her real dream and she was about to get her chance this sounds like i know i i say like i do find them it's super creepy the pageants and stuff but it's also really nice that she's happy and doing all of this stuff and she seems like she seems like a good kid this sounds really nice and i'm sure if i was like making money and winning shit as a kid you'd be like hell yeah i love that money i love winning 
shit. I love being better than other people. Yes! Tammy's first role was in the 1980 film Little Darlings, where she had an uncredited role as Party Girl. It wasn't much, but it was something a few years later. She had another role in the movie Spring Break. She was, again, in a small uncredited role as Boxing Contest Girl, but they reportedly also used her legs and lower torso in a bikini for the movie poster. How old is she? <laughs> Getting a bit weird. Getting close to being weird. These may have been small roles, but she was also a teenage girl working in Florida, not out in Hollywood. Getting cast in even a small role in an R-rated sexual comedy at the age of 15 is probably a big accomplishment for an aspiring actress, especially since it wasn't produced by Harvey Weinstein. I told you it was weird. It's weird. Likewise, she was only 17 when she filmed Spring Break. If Tammy could make her way out to California, she had a real chance of making it. It certainly wouldn't have hurt that her mother was a legitimate talent agent rather than just some child actor's parent that calls himself an agent and steals their kids' money, unfortunately. This was never going to happen, though. Following the filming of Spring Break in July 1982, Tammy went out of town for an unsupervised weekend-long rap party. Um, I would not let my 15-year-old daughter go to an unsupervised weekend-long rap party for a movie called Spring Break, which was an R-rated sexual comedy. <laughs> There's no fucking way. One of Linda's clients was... <laughs> Earlier in the episode, I don't want to control my children too much. But that is the line. There's probably people there called Harvey. Not Harvey Weinstein, a completely unrelated Harvey. I just chose that name, pulled it out of the random air. Just, just to know what a coincidence. There doesn't seem to be any explanation as to exactly how or why this began, and I'll assume there was a good reason with this arrangement that seems really weird and inappropriate on the surface. Agreed, Kevin. Anyway, when Tammy returned from the party, Wing immediately realized that she was like an entirely different person. To this day, we have no idea exactly what happened at the party, but whatever it was, it had to have been brutally traumatizing, and that's why I'd never send my 15-year-old daughter to a weekend-long rap party for a sexual R-rated comedy called Spring Buck break uh, i wonder if my kids will listen to this someday in like 15 years 12 years now weird whenever wang tried to ask what was wrong tammy would either say nothing or just laugh it off and avoid the question however she was becoming increasingly paranoid a trait that is pretty difficult to conceal one day the phone rang and before wing could answer it tammy told him to say that she wasn't home it turned out the call was indeed for her and he respected her wishes though she gave no explanation linda saw this happen and asked tammy what was going on as she finally confessed that she saw something awful something really bad that she was not supposed to see oh my okay i just assumed there was some sort of um creepy sexual something going on and that's what happens but Oh my god, what did she see? <laughs> this obviously concerned her mother, but she refused to elaborate on what she saw. Of course, she did go on to ask the not at all ominous question of, Mum, what would you say if I told you someone was trying to kill me? Linda asked if that's what she thought was happening, and the answer was yes. Oh my lord, you need to go and see the police. That's what you need to do. Things did not get better, and one day Tammy called Wing over to her window. She asked him to look across the street and tell her what she saw. He correctly pointed out that the neighbors had purchased a new van, to which she replied, Exactly. Seeing as these were most likely long-time neighbors that they knew personally, or they were at least acquainted with, Wing failed to see her point. Um, the point is, do they actually own that van? <laughs> or is that van just parked outside their house and belonging to some weirdo who wants to kill her? It's not an everyday sort of thing, but people do occasionally buy new cars. Tammy pointed out that the van had mirrored windows, stating that they can see us, but we can't see them. This had been going on for the better part of a year, and Tammy's mental state deteriorated to the point that she spent two full weeks in complete isolation. There are two people that you need to make phone calls to. One is the police. Number one, the police. Just go do that right now. Like, go book an appointment. As an event, do you book an appointment with the police when you've got something like this, or just wander into a police station? You don't dial 999 or oh, 911, right? It's not an emergency. 
He just wandered out of the police station wondering, I think someone's trying to kill me. <laughs> I'd have no idea what to do in this situation, but I know the police would be my first port of call. And the second is just uh, see a psychiatrist or a therapist or whatever. It's time. Just in case this is uh, all upstairs. Linda, some, for some reason, you know sometimes you get a Coke. And this is completely unrelated to today's episode. I apologize. But you know sometimes you get a Coke and it's just extremely good. Like it's better than other Cokes you've tasted. I don't know how this happens in the quality control or whatever, but this Coke that I'm having right now is bloody fantastic. It's really good. Wow. I'm sorry, let's carry on. None of you are here for this. Linda and Wing couldn't tell if Tammy's fears were real, if they were paranoid delusions, or if it was a mix of both. It was after these two weeks of self-imposed exile that Tammy received what might have been a big break. She was offered a small part in the upcoming movie Scarface that was going to be filming in Miami in March of 1983. She took the role, and she went to stay with family friend Walter Leibowitz while filming. At first, things were going great. It may have only been a small role, and she was still mainly there as eye candy, but it was also a speaking role and relevant to the plot. For any big fans, of Scarface out there, Tammy is the girl who slaps Stephen Bauer across the face when he tries to show Al Pacino how to pick up American women. Oh, look at that. During the movie's infamous shower chainsaw scene, she's also the girl that distracts the lookout car. It's possible that her role was intended to be slightly larger, or maybe they were going to just keep her around to use in crowded background scenes. We'll never know, because after four days on set, Walter received a phone call from the casting director. Tammy was in a trailer, crying hysterically and having a full-blown panic attack following a complete breakdown on set. The event had been triggered while they were filming a scene in which a character was shot. When Tammy watched the gun fire its blank rounds and the blood pack explode, she completely lost it. To the credit of the film crew, they didn't fire her because of the incident. I can only imagine how disruptive the outburst must have been, but she can't possibly have been the first actor or actress to have a negative reaction to watching a realistic murder scene being filmed. However, Tammy did wind up quitting the film as a result did she see someone at this spring break party get shot and then the person who did the shooting wants to like tie up any loose ends by killing her as well how on earth did they let a year go by though a year that she could just wander into a police station and be like hello <laughs> right more important than her future on film was what happened to walter when he came to get her from the trailer she was in total and complete panic crying and saying something about money laundering and how they were going to kill her her greatest fear seemed to be that she had nowhere to hide oh my god is somehow the mafia or like gangs getting involved in this <laughs> I would just feel like if this wasn't an episode like this, and obviously she disappears at some point, I'd be like, psychiatrist first, police number two, but still police. Because now you're getting like, it's getting a bit like big picture paranoid, right? You know, where you're like, oh, something big is out to get me. Like money laundering feels like big gang crime rather than just someone getting murdered. Walter called Linda to tell her what had happened, recommending that she take both Tammy to see a doctor and talk to the police. Walter, legend. Big brain Walter right there. Should have done this a year ago. His hope was that they would determine if she was just having some sort of severe psychological problem or if people really were trying to kill her. After quitting the movie, Tammy went back home to her mother in Rockledge. Linda did wind up insisting that they go to the police, though when Tammy talked to the sheriff, she didn't mention the fact that she felt her life was in danger. The police also seemed to have no record of this meeting, something which is all too common with this particular case. From here on out, Tammy's paranoia only intensified. Wink said that she was even becoming suspicious of her own family, and she seemed convinced that someone was trying to poison her. She refused to drink from open containers, which is honestly a habit all teenage girls should adopt, whether they think someone is trying to kill them or not. Yeah, especially if you're out and about at a nightclub or whatever. 
Just, uh, you know, just be extra careful, all right? But Tammy wouldn't eat her own food for fear it was poison. She would only eat off of other people's plates and only things that they'd already started eating, so she was convinced that they weren't poisoned. This is definitely sounding like paranoia, right? That's that's too far. Like, if someone's going to kill you because they saw you saw them murdering people and doing money laundering? <laughs> How do you see money laundering? <laughs> Isn't it? It's like a behind-the-scenes process. If they're going to kill you, they're just going to kill you. They're just going to take you out back and pop, pop. They're not going to poison your food. That's way too elaborate. Things finally came to a head on July the 1st, a couple of months after she had returned from Miami. Wing was on the couch reading a book because that's something people actually used to do before the internet existed. Tammy angrily accused him of looking at her, and when he denied it, she stormed outside. After walking outside, she quickly changed her mind. Maybe she got over it, or maybe she decided that whatever was outside was far scarier than her sort of brother looking at her. She turned around, head back inside, but the wind had blown the door shut leaving it locked. It was at this point that Tammy completely snapped. She banged on the door, demanding to be let inside, but then she saw a baseball bat lying on the front lawn. She grabbed the bat and smashed the windows on the front side of the house. Wing opened the door, telling her to stop, and she charged at him, hitting him fortunately with her hands instead of the bat. He described her as having a crazy look in her eyes, and it was in his opinion at that moment she didn't even recognize who she was. Linda intervened, reportedly saying, Tammy, it's mother, I love you until she finally came back to her senses. In Linda's own words, I handled that incident, but I didn't know if I was going to be able to handle the next one. She checked Tammy into a medical health center so she could get a full psych about. After 72 hours, she was released, but that means very little. There were no drugs or alcohol in her systems. There wasn't going to be a need to transfer her to a rehab facility. Beyond that, unless she was deemed an imminent threat to others or expressed desires to commit suicide, they weren't going to hold her. The mental health system in America isn't exactly lauded for its thoroughness or efficacy, and things definitely weren't better 40 years ago. Without her being seen as an immediate danger to herself or others, it's unlikely that the doctors were going to do anything to help her. Her family said she had good days and bad, and if she had good days while they were there, then they wouldn't have seen anything wrong. She also might have been calmer and felt safe while in the mental health health center, reducing the chances of any outburst. Even if she didn't feel safer there, I'm sure an aspiring actress could fake composure for a couple of days until she could be back in an environment where she felt she had more control over the situation. Besides, beds in these centers and rehab facilities are a hot commodity, so the doctors wouldn't feel compelled to keep her under observation for any longer than the bare minimum required. Surely she must have had she must have money, right? Her mum was like an agent for like actors and stuff. She had been in all these beauty things. She was an actress herself and a model. She'd have money, right? So why can't she use that money to see like a psychiatrist and they'll assess whether she's got paranoid delusions or whatever? No? Isn't that how it works? Money's not gonna buy that? The disappearance. Tammy was released on July the 4th, and the next day she went out with a friend of hers. She had previously told her friend that she thought someone was trying to kill her, and on this day she had again stated that she saw something that she shouldn't have seen. Once again, she refused to elaborate on what she had seen. The two wound up going to church to pray, where Tammy broke down in tears for several minutes. They, you, you're not going to be able to pray those paranoid delusions away! Or the people are coming to kill you, if they're real. They made plans to go to church again the next day, though she told her friend that she may be going away for a while without giving any indication as to where. On July the 6th, 1983, Tammy was acting completely normal. Linda thought that she may have been acting too normal, as if she was trying to put on a show of being okay. But around 11am, her friend Keith Roberts picked her up to go to Cocoa Beach for the afternoon. Keith was the last person we know of that would ever see her. According to Linda, Tammy was afraid of Keith, though she doesn't appear to have elaborated on any reason that that would be the case. At some point during the drive to the beach, Tammy and Keith got into an argument. Keith is like, in my mind, suspect number one. He picks her up, they're going out. The mum says she's afraid of him. He was the last person to see her and they got into an argument. 
case, 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 case. You're setting yourself up for an uncomfortable interrogation. She demanded that he pull over and drop her off at the parking lot for Glass Bank in downtown Cocoa Beach, along Route A1A. At her request, he dropped her off and drove away, leaving her alone in the parking lot just five miles from her house. Just five miles? That's eight kilometers. That's like, that's like two hours walk. And that is about all we know. Obviously, Keith would have been a major person of interest as the last person to see Tammy. However, she made three phone calls from the parking lot's payphones, uh, Balloonatics, a store her aunt owned on Cocoa Beach. Her aunt was actually out of town, so no one answered, resulting in Tammy leaving three frantic messages on the answer machine. Unfortunately, these recordings have been lost, but when they did exist, a family confirmed that it was her making calls which cleared Keith of suspicion. It showed that his story of where he dropped her off was accurate and that she was alive long enough to make these calls. Jesus, Keith. That is mega lucky for you, mate. I mean, all of the stuff against you would have been circumstantial anyway, so you'll probably be fine, but goddamn, people are gonna be like, Keith, 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 Keith. But Keith, you got off because you didn't do anything. Since then, there has been no trace of Tammy. She was dropped off in the parking lot wearing a blue denim shirt with flowers on the shoulders and a matching denim skirt, and that's about the only thing that the various reports agree on. Some sources cite her as having a grey purse, while others claim that she didn't have a purse on her. Some say she was wearing sandals, and others claim she was barefoot. Like seemingly everyone else who has covered this mystery, I lived in Florida for a few years, and I absolutely agree that there's no way that she was walking around barefoot on asphalt in the middle of July. Yeah, look, I've never lived in Florida, <laughs> but even when it's hot outside, you don't want to be like walking around on the tarmac with uh, the Americans call it asphalt, huh? They call it tarmac, the black stuff, black top. That gets bloody hot. There's also the possibility that Tammy was three months pregnant at the time of her disappearance. This is listed on her official pages on the Doe Network and the Charlie Project, organizations dedicated to missing persons and cold cases, but there doesn't appear to be any other information regarding this allegation. The only evidence cited is that there were rumblings that she may be pregnant. Um, okay. <laughs> Going in to say that's fact, are you, Charlie Project or whatever? People say a lot of things, so this isn't terribly useful as none of her friends are on record as saying that Tammy told them she was pregnant. Also, does it really matter? To her disappearance, I mean? Maybe probably not. This vaguely inconsistent report of Tammy's appearance when she vanished is unfortunately pretty much the only hard evidence there is to go on. There is the existence of the phone calls to her aunt, though the recordings have been lost, just like her initial police report to the sheriff, and oddly enough her fingerprints and dental records. The only other evidence came in the form of two phone calls to the police, neither of which there is any recording of. At some point, following the disappearance, a woman called the police on two occasions to say that Tammy was fine. The woman said that Tammy had run away to pursue her lifelong dream of being a nurse. You know, the dream that she had never told anybody in her life about before that. And Linda said made no sense as Tammy was terrified of blood. These phone calls alleging that Tammy ran away are the last piece of evidence to ever exist in this case. That just seems like some sick person is just messing around with them for whatever disturbed reason they have. I just don't believe that at all. Theories when there's little to no evidence in a case, there tends to be a lot of crazy theories, since there's no evidence to prove any of them wrong. This time, however, the majority of the theories are grounded in reality. Sorry to anyone who is hoping that ghosts or aliens were going to show up in this episode. The first, and least likely possibility, is that it was all in Tammy's head. An aspiring actress goes to a rap party, wanders off into the bathroom, opens the wrong door, and witnesses a massive money laundering operation taking place in a dark, smoky room while everyone is outside partying? That sounds more like a scene from a movie than something that would happen in real life. Why would people be committing their crimes at the same location as a party. Also, how do you launder money in a room? <laughs> Isn't laundering money more about like taking some money you made from like drugs and then put it... Look, 
granted, this is entirely from Breaking Bad. And then putting it into a car wash, which does surprisingly successful, so then that money looks like legit income. That's not something that happens in the bedroom at a party. <laughs> right? Am I? It's, it's just, I don't know. Is that me? It seems like that's what money laundering is. This theory would be more plausible if Tammy had ever shown any signs of a psychological condition before, rather than her personality making a sudden and abrupt change following the weekend party. I, I do believe she saw something that changed things for her, but that could have triggered something in her mind. It could be a combination that led to, you know, her being much more paranoid about something when she didn't really need to be that paranoid about it is that making am I making making sense with that it does it's not necessarily black and white even if we consider the unlikely possibility that she could have had early onset schizophrenia and her symptoms just happened to begin manifesting for the first time over that weekend such an intense delusion is extremely unlikely as it generally takes years for symptoms to ramp up to that level actually no again this would kind of work with my theory like obviously if you do have schizophrenia it is going to come on at some point and you're going to get those early symptoms is it impossible that she saw something at the party that she wasn't supposed to see and then over the next year or so because you know this took over it was over a long period that she became intensely paranoid about that trigger event or is this just trying to i'm just trying to mash two theories together aren't i but it's probably it's probably just one or the other. I actually knew someone who had early onset schizophrenia in high school, and something this extreme would have been absolutely out of the question. She once yelled, Moo, while we were driving past an empty field because she hallucinated it being full of cows, but that is a far cry from believing your life is in danger from a giant criminal conspiracy. And for anyone who has spent their entire life in urban areas, yes, yelling moo is normal behavior for teenagers when driving past cows. In America, Kevin. I grew up in the countryside. We did just, oh, look, cows, moo! <laughs> Okay. A similar theory is that rather than suffering from some sort of mental condition, Tammy could have knowingly or unknowingly taken some sort of drug at the party that resulted in this delusion. It would have had to be a really traumatizing experience to result in the changes to her behavior and personality that happened afterwards. People do take these drugs though, don't they? I don't know, I've never done like LSD and, and shit, but doesn't that, or like, um, what's the one that people travel and there's a shaman and they take it? Ketamine? No, not ketamine. Ayahuasca. Don't people take this and then they're like, and then I could see into the other dimension. <laughs> it's like, no, you couldn't. That's not real. But it does change people's like opinions on this stuff. Maybe if I did it, I'd be like, guys, it turns out there are other dimensions. And my logical brain from before would be like, it's totally fine that it, there are other dimensions. And it's definitely got nothing to do with the chemicals in that drug affecting how you think about things definitely couldn't possibly be that could it i know people are in the comments being like simon how do you know unless you tried it i think because i understand fucking biology god that coke is still so good mm. and i'm not really convinced that either of these situations are likely after all tammy did disappear without a trace even if some imaginary danger caused her to run away given her emotional distress and erratic behavior i'd find it really hard to believe that she could have successfully made herself vanish so successfully but maybe that part was a coincidence perhaps she really wasn't in danger for anything she saw or thought she saw and was instead the victim of an unrelated crime that may sound ridiculous but there are two different serial killers that were active in the area at the time that have fallen under suspicion the first is christopher wilder also known as the beauty queen killer christopher did it <laughs> Wilder would pose as a photographer for a modeling agency and try to lure women with offers of becoming a model. It doesn't sound like these offers worked out very often, so he just kidnapped the women after they turned him down. One such instance occurred in broad daylight in a mall parking lot, so this guy was not exactly the most careful criminal. Wilder himself had a shootout with the police in 1984, and at first Linda was so convinced that he was the man responsible for Tammy's disappearance that she sued his estate for a million dollars. Linda said that Tammy met Wilder on the set of Spring Break and that he followed her back to Rockledge to try and get 
get her to model for him, though it's unclear whether this was just her speculation or if Tammy had told her any of this. She also said that a man that strongly resembled Wilder came to a modeling agency multiple times in 1983 looking for models. Eventually, Linda did wind up dropping the charges when she no longer believed that he was likely Tammy's killer. Police were never able to find anything linking Wilder to Tammy, and there's reasonable arguments that he was not the killer. Yeah, it's just like, it's a coincidence, isn't it? There's no evidence. Despite taking the lives of at least eight women across five different states, Wilder's killing spree took place in 1984, the year after Tammy disappeared. All of his known victims were killed during a six-week span of time, and he was extremely sloppy. I already mentioned that he kidnapped someone in a parking lot in broad daylight, and another woman he attempted to kidnap at gunpoint, but somehow failed. He also had multiple women escape. In one such instance, he stabbed a woman and left her for dead in the woods. Upon returning to his car, he decided to double back and make sure she was actually dead, only to find that she'd run away. <laughs> at that point, you'd be like, ah, oh, <laughs> This was hardly the sort of person that could make a victim vanish into thin air. Despite the murders not taking place until after Tammy disappeared and how generally terrible he was at crime, there are still many who believe that Wilder was the person responsible for her disappearance. We may not know about any murders that he committed until 1984, but he had a long history of violent crime against women. This dated back to 1963 when he committed his first rape at the age of 17. He's certainly a person that was worth looking into, but with absolutely no evidence to link Tammy to this extremely sloppy criminal, it's probably safe to rule out Wilder as a suspect. Police also investigated John Crutchley, known as the Vampire Rapist, because he would drain the victims of nearly half their blood and allegedly drink it. Drinking blood's really bad for you. It's got too much iron in it. So don't do that. And also, there's many other reasons you shouldn't do that. One of them being it's weird. He had moved to Brevard County, where Rockledge is located shortly before Tammy's disappearance, but authorities stated that he was no longer a suspect. The next theory is that Tammy ran away. This was actually the first theory that the police were operating under, and Linda heavily criticized them for not taking the disappearance seriously as a result. In their defense, they didn't decide she left voluntarily to be lazy. It was because that's what many of her friends believe had happened. According to Tammy's friends, she was having problems at home, and she said Linda would get into constant arguments with her about her career. At least one one friend reported that Tammy had confided in them her desire to run away the second she turned 18. Linda admitted that they had had arguments, but none of them were serious. There's no doubt that a teenager and a parent would fight sometimes, but unfortunately, we have no idea how serious these fights actually were. It still doesn't explain how she was able to disappear so perfectly if she did run away. Well, she's just going to magic a new identity out of somewhere. She's not a master criminal. She's a teenager. However, there are a couple of problems with this theory. The first is all the stuff that happened, like the entire episode. Oh yeah, also that. <laughs> But was Tammy a criminal mastermind who faked this entire breakdown to distract everyone so they'd be searching for murderers, money launderers, rather than just trying to track down a runaway? No, because while that would be a stupid plan, not only would she have to commit to her character for an entire year, but there'd be no point to it. Tammy was already 18 when she disappeared. If she wanted to get away from her mother, she was well within her rights to do so. Even if Linda reported her as a missing person and police tracked her down, they wouldn't have anything to do after that. Filing a missing persons report does not entitle you to know a person's location. If they left voluntarily and are fine, then it's none of your business where they are. Oh, that's so true. You'd be like filing a missing persons report. The police were like, yeah, she's fine. And I'd be like, oh, thank God, where is she? He's like, yeah, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Sorry, she said she didn't want to say. Oh, 
Savage. The other issue is that Tammy already had plans to leave anyway. She was all set to move out to California, where she'd have more opportunities for her acting career, and she was reportedly really excited about it. If she already planned to move, it's hard to imagine she would just make herself disappear to get away from her mother instead of just going forward with the move as planned. And that brings us to the final and most likely theory, which is that everything Tammy said was true. She saw something she wasn't supposed to see, and someone was out to kill her. While the scene of her looking for the bathroom and opening the wrong door seems like something out of a movie, there's no reason that it had to go down that way. She was gone for an entire weekend, and it's not like there would have been a party raging non-stop the entire time. Sure, it was the 1980s, a time when cocaine flowed like water, so maybe if people were motivated enough, they could have partied for 72 hours straight. Much more likely is that Tammy had a lot of downtime during the day. I, I, I agree with Kevin. I think this is the most likely one. I think she did see something. She was scared about it for a year. It kind of drove her to, like, breakdowns, understandably, and then eventually someone killed her, which is intense. If she was crashing at the house that became party central every night, it becomes much more likely that she could have accidentally been witness to something that she wasn't supposed to see. Regardless of how it happened, there's a good chance that she really did witness something. There's also speculation that she didn't just witness money laundering, but that she also saw someone got murdered, and that was why she reacted so intensely on the set of Scarface. That's not impossible, but if she witnessed some large-scale crime and people threatened to kill her, especially if they did so with a gun, that's probably scary enough. Linda also claimed that Tammy was terrified of blood anyway, so I think her behavior can be explained by just paranoia and fear for her own life without her needing to actually have seen someone be killed. But then why would they kill her a year later? It just opens them up to so much risk. If you're like doing some gang crime or whatever, and she sees it, and then you're like, don't tell anyone or we'll kill you, and she doesn't tell anyone and they kill her a year later anyway, what does it matter? Like, why would you, when you kill her, why wouldn't you just do it at the beginning? And then would you really keep so much of an eye on her to know that she went into a mental hospital and then we're like, oh, she's going to spill the beans and then pop her off later? That seems just a bit unrealistic. The biggest question surrounding this theory is why did they wait for over a year to kill her exactly? If they felt she was going to be a problem, it would make sense to eliminate her as quickly as possible. Even if they waited to monitor her and ensure she didn't tell anyone, there were still months between Linda making her talk to the police and her disappearance. I'm not a master criminal, but I would think that if you needed to plug a potential leak that you wouldn't do so at such a leisurely pace. At one point, Tammy told Linda that one of her friends bragged to her about a huge drug money operation that was taking place in Brevard County and included a lot of prominent people, including police officers. But there's actually more to substantiate this theory than Tammy's own testimony. We now know at the time this was happening, the US government had dozens of open investigations centered around money laundering in Florida. Of course, we don't really know the scale of their investigations or the specifics of the crimes they were looking into, and there are roughly a thousand money laundering cases in the US each year. Oh, okay, in the US. I thought it was just going to be in Florida. <laughs> what are you up to, Florida? So while it does help give credence to Tammy's claim, it's hardly damning evidence. Wrap up. It's been nearly 40 years since Tammy Lynn Leppard disappeared, and we're really no closer to knowing what exactly happened to her the day she vanished. There's no physical evidence, no leads, and the only people ever named as suspects were ruled out. The only evidence we have to go on is Tammy's behavior and her statements. That and the lack of other evidence. Most criminals are pretty trash at what they do. The beauty queen killer may have claimed over eight victims, but everything he did was a mess. Tammy's disappearance seems much more professional, the kind of disappearing act one might expect from organized crime. Bingo. I really think this is what happened, and I think that's exactly it. Like, organized crime, they don't mess around. <laughs> They're not like leaving a body in the woods half dead to run away and then report on the person who killed them. They are making you disappear forever. They know what's up, like tap tap twice to the head, or buried in concrete, or fed to the alligators. We've all seen the movies. 
they don't mess around. It's reminiscent of the Jimmy Hoffa case that we covered previously on this channel. A person was last seen in a parking lot in the middle of the day, then simply vanished off the face of the earth. It's hard for me to believe that this wasn't anything other than a professional hit. Unfortunately, we're unlikely to ever know what really happened. It's been long enough at this point uh, where we could see a deathbed confession pretty soon, but barring that, it doesn't seem like there'll ever be a break in the case. It's a solid three-hour drive from Cocoa Beach, but I wouldn't be surprised if her body had been taken to the Everglades to become alligator food. Though Linda passed away in 1995, Tammy's sister Suzanne maintains a Facebook page dedicated to finding out the truth. Suzanne doesn't think her sister is still alive, but would still like the closure of knowing what actually happened. The case into Tammy's disappearance remains open, despite no new leads since the 1980s, but I can only hope that someday her sister will get the closure that she needs. Me too. And like Kevin says, we're heading into uh, deathbed confession time, so... Although I think it's unlikely with organized crime, right? They shut the fuck up. And I do think this was organized crime. I think she, I think it's prima facie. She saw something she wasn't supposed to see. And uh, they killed her a year later because they were afraid that she was having such a mental breakdown that she was going to talk. That's it. I'm sorry. I think that's it. Thank you, everybody, for watching. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you're listening as a podcast, please leave us a review. It really makes a difference. Helps get this show in front of more people. If you're watching on YouTube, like, subscribe. And I'll see you next time.